<laughs> We're going to step back in. Last week, we tried to begin the beginning of our sermon series called If My People, okay? And uh, I want you to, should be a slide up here, First, Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, I believe. Hopefully there's one up there. There it is. Praise God. Well, for the next eight weeks, uh, myself, Rifle, maybe a few others, will be ministering <clears throat> on this. Uh, we talked last week that if my people, the question, if my people, requires a response from us. God's asking, will my people, if my people will do this, then I will do this. So it requires a response back from you and I. So in the next eight weeks, as we are, as a church, calling the church, calling us individually to seek God at a greater place, greater level, as we enter into 2015, we're going to take each week and talk a little bit about a different aspect of what this is requiring for us to enter in. Beginning January 25th, for two weeks, we'll be two weeks of fasting. And we, I want you to begin to pray now how the Lord would have you to participate in that. It may be the entire two weeks. It may be certain times of the day the Lord is asking you to fast. It may be certain, certain days, certain types of meals, whatever. God may be, I know one thing God's telling me to fast is TV. Also, uh, fasting the computer and things like that. And just, because uh, I can, you know, how, how many of you know that sometimes we can go without food but yet we still don't seek the Lord. We just get real hungry, okay? And uh, may lose a few pounds, but that's about it. But yet we're, we're, we're glued to the TV set. We're glued to Facebook. We're glued to this or that. Or, and, uh, and God just said, uh, you're not going to be glued to any of those things, Doug, during this time. I said, yeah, okay, Lord. Sounds good to me. But we're, for two weeks, we're going to be as a church encouraging you to step out. Step out into things you've never done before. Uh, I, I believe there's a... How many of you believe there, there, there could be a possibility that God might meet you? I didn't get the response like I was hoping for. <laughs> how many of you believe that there is a possibility that God will meet you as you seek Him? Amen. That's a much better response. Amen. You know... And so uh, I know we're going to be ending this season with a great burn service on the uh, last Saturday, last Friday night. Uh, of, well, this was the, the first, first Friday of, of February, February 6th. Going to have a burn here. Going to have prophetic ministry, healing, just so many things. And so it's going to be great. It really is going to be great. But I want to go back here and... The title of my message today was found in your bulletin is uh, A Womb or a Tomb? A Womb or a Tomb? And uh, as I begin to share, this will all make sense, hopefully. Okay? Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, that as we enter into the time of your word, God, I just thank you for the power, the activation of your word in this place, in our lives, and our hearts. God, we thank you that that, Father, we've come together here this morning because we're hungry for You, God, that we don't want to live life as usual. Father, that You have 
a plan, a purpose, a destiny for our lives, God, that, Father, we want to be engaged in. And so, Father, I thank You this morning that You you love people that are hungry for You. And You'll meet them right at that place. God, the hunger within us draws the presence of God. So, Father, I thank You this morning that You will come and You will speak to us by Your Holy Spirit. And I give You praise. Amen. Let's read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. Second Chronicles. There, there we go. Both of those chapters are great. You know, both of those chapters, either one, however the Lord moves upon you this morning, it's fine. You know, this, this is, a, this is a, an amazing passage here of God's faithfulness, of His goodness, of His promise, of what He said He will do if we just simply seek Him. We just simply turn our hearts toward Him. What God will do in our lives. It's amazing. Sometimes we, we, we think, well, oh, there's oh, so much effort to have to do that. But, oh, my goodness, what we receive in return from our Father is amazing. And this passage, is, as He comes after the dedication of the temple there, and that, that the presence of God was so strong, so amazing, it said that the priests, the people, the musicians couldn't even stand because the presence of God was so amazing. And God comes to Solomon in the night after Solomon cries out and prays in the temple about desiring the presence of God. And God comes and He says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways or repent, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I believe... When you talk about land, it's just not just land. I think it goes about the affairs of our life. Heal circumstances in our life. Heal things in our life. Heal relationships or whatever it is. There's something about it as we engage God with all of our hearts that He begins to bring forth transformation in our life. You know, it hasn't been too long ago that Jamie came here on Mother's Day, I think it was. And my wife was preaching, actually. And God captured his heart. And I am so thrilled to see what God has been doing in this man's life. He's been coming out to the school of ministry, just getting filled with the Word of God. And it's exciting to see when he begins to step out and he just says, listen, we're going to try this. Let's see, let's see what happens. You know, that's just, I just love that. I love that enthusiasm, that desire. And God wants us to have all of us to walk in that. And so he approaches Solomon with this great promise, not just for Solomon, for the nation of Israel. And this, still, this promise still rings through the generation. It echoes through the generations, even today, that God says, listen, I'm in covenant with you. And as you seek me into this place, I'll be good on your behalf. Blessing, favor will, will mark your lives. Well, one of the things that God does also as he as he as he's meeting with Solomon in that in that evening time, that in verse um, seventeen and eighteen, he speaks to Solomon personally and brings a word to Solomon. And he says, Now as for you, how I many you know that God has a word this morning 
that would begin as for you? <laughs> He's not leaving anybody out. I don't believe that. As for you, as for you, if you will walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as covenanted with, your, with, your, with David your father. He had promised the same thing to David, saying you shall not fail to have a man as a ruler in Israel. And God comes to Solomon with a word. It's a word that requires a response. How is Solomon going to receive this word? Not just to receive this word, but how will Solomon walk out this word? How will he carry this word in his life for the rest of his life? You know, there are things that God has deposited within you through things that you've read in the Word of God, through things that God has spoken to you personally, through things that God has brought to you through other people whatever, and that Word is within you, and God is still asking the question, how will you walk out this Word? How will you handle this Word? How will you receive this Word? How will you live with this Word in your life? Because God's Word, He says in First Peter, is an incorruptible seed. Meaning when God speaks something, it lives. It will continue to live. It's incorruptible. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, sometimes I think we just so nonchalantly when God brings a word to us, whether it's something that you've read in the Bible, and all of a sudden it just bounces off the page, and you're just like that rhema word that is just real. How sometimes I don't think we, we really truly understand and honor and cherish and appreciate the Word of God that God brings to us because it's meant to change, transform our lives. And how sometimes not, we're just so, well, okay, great, whatever. And, and, and we, we don't really handle the Word of God in a way that honors our Father. Because that Word is to, is, to, is to do amazing things in our life. A good friend of mine, I, I, I receive his tweets fairly often. His name is Jim LaFoon. I've known Jim ever since the early 90s. He's an amazing prophet. And we've had him up here in our church several times. And Jim wrote this down, and I had it in the bulletin for you this morning. But he said this, Sooner or later, all of us will face a moment when we choose whether we will become a womb or a tomb for the word that God has given us. And when I read that, it just shook me. He said that sooner or later, just think about this. Sooner or later, all of us will face a moment when we choose whether we will become a womb, a place of life, a place of nourishment, a place that gives, gives forth life, or a tomb where there's nothing but deadness that's there. For the Word of God, for the Word that God has given us. And that's, that's the question I'm posing to you today. As you have received the Word of God in your life, has it found a place that is in your innermost being as a womb or a tomb? As we talk about pressing into God, seeking God, 
God will respond with a word. That's the initial thing that God does many times. As we seek Him, He will come to us with a word. He will come to us with a reminder, a promise, something like that. He will come to us. And we have a decision. Either that we have prepared something within us as a womb or as a tomb. Amen? Not right now, buddy. Okay? Sorry, not right now, Ben. So I, I, want to, I want to talk a little bit about, most of us imagine that we talk about a tomb, what that's like, what that entails. It's something as we have, there's a disregard for God's Word, there's a, we don't value God's Word, appreciate God's Word, obey God's Word, and in our lives, in our innermost being, comes a place of death. The very thing that God has put within us, has brought to us, has promised us that He says it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life, it's going to do miracles in your life, it's going it's to transform what, everything you can imagine about living out this kingdom, yet, but yet the Word only finds a place of emptiness, a place of disregard. And sad to say that we all have walked there from time to time, haven't we? We all have the very thing that God has spoken or we've read something and we, by the next day we have actually had almost forgotten it. People tell me sometimes, you know, just, why, do I, why does God not give me a prophetic word? Right? And sometimes I ask you, what did you do with the last one that God gave you? Are you walking that out? Are you living it? Are you treasuring it on the inside? Has it, has it, has it found a, a, a womb for it to live in, to, 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 to grow in? Has that been happening? Many times I've found, even in my own life, that when the voice of God gets a bit silent, then I, I need to check and see, God, how have I been responding to the last time I heard your voice, the last time I received your word? Am I living that out? But when, when you come to a place and you realize that you're in that place where your life, that innermost being place, is, is a tomb, a few things begin to happen. One, our heart becomes harder and harder and harder. That's something that if, if we hear the voice and we receive the word or we read it and go, oh gosh, that's so impacting. I'm supposed to live that out, but yet we don't. And the word keeps coming. Our heart gets harder and harder. And then very soon, the word of God has very little impact upon our life. In the days of Samuel, it spoke that the high priest Eli, as God would come to Eli and speak to Eli, especially concerning his sons and the disobedience of his sons, and he needed to do something, and, and he delayed and delayed and didn't do it and didn't respond to God's word. And this was a verse that talks about in First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There's a reason why the word of the Lord is rare. 
in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. We may need to ask this morning, is the Word of the Lord rare over my life? Now, I know I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on toes this morning, but I wanted you to know that I'm stepping on my toes too right up here, okay? And I don't apologize at all. Because the thing about it is that God wants us to... This, word, this world is crying out for the testimony of the Lord. That He is alive and He is real and there is nothing impossible for Him. And if the Word of the Lord is rare over our lives as Christians, we need to repent. And we need to get our lives right. And we need to begin to become living examples. Little Christ, Christians, little Christ, we need to be flames. We need to be lights that are set on the hill for the places that are dark. Well, our heart becomes hard. We struggle in hearing God's voice, so we lack any real sense of direction. And we're ruled by emotion, and we're ruled by circumstances of life. John chapter 10 he says that my, as I call out, my sheep know my voice, and they'll follow me. And, they, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. We should be so in tune with the voice of God that when He calls out, whether it's in the innermost being, that small, still, small voice, prophetically or through the Word of God here as He speaks to us, that we should be able to hear His voice clearly, know that, boy, that's the, that's the voice of my Father. And I'm going to follow that. We become blind to our own spiritual condition. Then also we all, we miss, listen, we miss God's highest, best, and most intimate counsel that He has for you. You know, it's talked about in the book of Proverbs that His wisdom and Psalms and talking about His wisdom is beyond Jewels and gold and silver, the, the things that we value, the things that are the most expensive, the things that are the most things that are the most priceless in life. He said it compares, cannot even compare to the wisdom of my word. And when there's a when there's we are not living, becoming living wombs of God's word, and we're living tombs of God's word. That when that begins to happen, and then that the we miss out, we don't have that bit of wisdom, that bit of counsel, bit of knowledge that we need that would solve the problems in our life, change things in our life. To step into places in your business or whatever where when the greatest problem comes up in your business and nobody knows what to do, that you hear the voice of the Lord, you get the instruction of God, you get the wisdom of God, and you go, I've got the solution. Listen, God wants to use us in that way. People come, they complain, and say, pray for me. You know, it's horrible at work, and, and, and we're going through this season, and, and, and we've got all these problems, we don't know what to do, and, and uh, pray that it will just go away. And I say, no, 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 no. God has put you there that you can hear His voice and get His wisdom and His instruction that you can bring forth and deposit something that is from heaven to earth that will shake the people in your office. Go, how did you come up with that? How did you know that? 
That's the way what God wants to operate in our lives. Amen. Then the result of our life becomes lukewarm. The result of our life becomes lukewarm. Okay, very quickly here, I want to share with you what your life looks like or the pattern of your life as a womb. Now, I could have picked out a lot of different people in the Word of God that could have received patterns. This is the one I chose. It was in Luke chapter 1. Actually, it's in Luke. Yeah, Luke chapter 1. And this is the story that we're all familiar with. We hear it every Christmas. We just came through Christmas time. We hear it about the angel approaching Mary and telling Mary that she's getting ready to carry something on the inside of her from heaven. And he comes with a message. He comes with a word. And he delivers that word to Mary and and, and we, we see the process here, how not only was God needing Mary and needing who she was as a virgin to carry the Son of God, but she was carrying more than it. She was carrying something within her life, the Word of God that was within her life. And I believe we see a, a great pattern here that we could take home with us today. And I just want to take it verse by verse, a little bit of time we have left, and, uh, and, and just look at this, okay? So I think, there we go. We're going to show one verse at a time here. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. He was sent from heaven to this place with a message, with a word from God. Like I said before, Whenever God is getting ready to do something, He always begins with a word. Always begins with a word. And this word that He brings, you know, the, when you look in the Bible, you find the, the, the word, word, <laughs> the word, word, is, is used in two ways. Logos, which is the written word, and rhema. And rhema is the word that is the spoken word, communicated word, the Word that means revealed by the Holy Spirit. And we all have read the Word, and that's great. That's the Logos. We gained something from that. But there's something more powerful that happens when it becomes the Rhema Word. And that's when it becomes real to you and I. That's when it becomes impactful for you and I. That's when you have read the same passage for years, and all of a sudden it jumps out, and it clatches itself to you in your heart, and you go, I understand, I see it, I know it. Well, you've just had an encounter with the rhema word of God at that point in time. And the angel comes to Mary with a rhema word, and he begins with a word. It says here in verse 27, came, came to Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. You know that the word virgin means someone who has abstained from uncleanness or sexual immorality. Sexual impurity. I just want to say this. I believe your state of righteousness, how you're living in your life. Now, I know that we have been given as a gift the righteousness of God. And we can live in that place, but yet, in the depth of our heart, our life is a mess. Can be. And your state, where you're at, has a lot to do whether you're going to hear from God or not. Not saying that God doesn't speak to you. But I'm saying that how you live many times 
whether you're going to actually be able to hear from the Lord. Verse 28 says this, And having come into coming, having to come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I believe that you are favored and blessed when God brings a word to you. I believe that every time God comes to us, whether it's through the written word or through through a picture, through a vision, through a still small voice, whatever it is, God is saying, highly favored, highly favored, blessed. Everybody say, I'm highly favored. I'm blessed. You are. You are. How many of you that if that's difficult for you to receive? Being highly favored, being blessed. Sometimes we don't feel that way about ourselves many times, do we? It's not these, what we see about ourselves, but that's what God always sees about you. Highly favored and blessed. You're part of His covenant. You're part of, you, you have the robe of righteousness upon you. He cannot see anything else but that. Highly favored and blessed. And he comes to Mary and he says, highly favored and blessed. And it says in verse 29, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Couldn't understand. What, what is so highly favored? Just a young lady. I'm not, I don't live in the palace. I don't live in a, in a rich place. Highly favored and blessed, he said. He said that she was troubled at his saying, consider what manner of greeting was this. I want to tell you this, that when God brings his supernatural word to you, it cannot be understood with the natural mind. How many of you, sometimes God speaks something to you and it just, you cannot receive it. You can't figure it out. You can't understand it. But it has to be. It has to be received into your spirit by the Holy Spirit for you to understand it. Many times we, we just we, 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 we receive the Word of God and we just go, we shake our heads, we go, I, I, don't, I don't get it, I don't understand it. And that's exactly when we need to say, Father, I'm trying to understand with my natural mind. I need to, I need to receive it with my spirit, Lord. Give me understanding in my spirit. I want to tell you, when that happens, wow, wow, it's amazing. So Mary is here. She's trying to figure this out. What is going on? Why is this angel in my house? We maybe have been very much the same. And she's trying to understand it in a natural way. And you, you can't because it is a supernatural thing. And then the angel says, to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Isn't it amazing how the enemy in- introduces fear almost immediately when God brings us a word, a message? Maybe your fear is that I can't do it. God, I'm not ready. I don't know enough. I don't have the provision. I don't have the resources. God, use somebody else. God, I'll fail. We all have those excuses, don't we, to God's Word sometimes. It's amazing when God brings a Word to you and I. You better be just knowing it's going to come. It's going to come. Fear. Fear. The enemy is going to try to introduce fear into that place. And it will, it will stop the Word of God from just really 
impacting your life. So the angel tells Mary, don't be afraid, Mary, because you really have found favor with God. And he says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. Begins to explain what this word means, what's going to happen, what's going to begin to occur. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. How about that? God's restoring even back the word that he gave to Solomon, that Solomon's generation, his ancestry, didn't honor You want to know something? God's Word never fails. Even people did not walk out God's Word. God says, I'm going to restore it right here. I'm going to restore that Word that I gave to David. I'm going to restore that Word I gave to Solomon. Because my Word will not return void. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter whether you honor God's Word, obey God's Word, value God's Word. God's Word is still His Word, and it will still work, and it will still operate. And God will say, if if there is a reason, there is a plan for my Word to go out, I'm going to accomplish that. I'm going to bring that forth. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. The faithfulness of our God. The faithfulness of our God. He goes on and explains, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and in His kingdom there will be no end. Everybody say, no end. God's Word is active, powerful, no end, no end to the working of God's Word. No end to the working of God's Word. That's why testimony is so powerful. Testimony is so great. That's why every Sunday we, want to, we just want to fill this house with the testimony of the Lord. Because it's God's Word going out again and again and performing again and operating again over and over and over into another life and another life and another life. It never ends. Hallelujah. So he explains all of this to Mary. In verse 34, Mary says to the angel, How can this be true? She says, "I'm, I'm a virgin. I don't know a man. How can I carry this word in my life? You know, I found that the promises, the word of God, most of the time when God brings something to me of a vision, a dream, a promise is usually beyond my ability, beyond my natural ability. It's very seldom that God brings something in my life that I go, oh, not a big deal. I can do that. Most of the time it's got, God, you're scaring me, God, (laughs) right now. This is so far beyond me. So far beyond me, Father. And so... Mary says, how can this be? And I love this. I love this passage in verse 35 right here. It's so important for you to grab hold of this this morning. There's one thing you grab hold of. It's this right here. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The angels explaining to Mary, with God, all things are possible, Mary. Mary's response was, God, how can this be? 
How many times have we responded to God? God, how can this be? How can this word I've received, how can this instruction, this vision, this encouragement, this prophetic word, how can this be, God? And, and I love it. The angel immediately, he comes and begins to explain to Mary, Mary, I'm going to show you how all things are possible with God. In reference to his word, how all things are possible. He said the Holy First, he says the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. That means he's going to arrive, he's going to descend, he's going to overtake, and he's going to operate in your life. He's going to take that impossible word and he says, listen, you don't need to try to operate it. I'm going to operate it for you. This word that you're going, how can this be? This word you're, you're saying, it's too, too difficult, God. I don't think I have enough faith, God. I don't think I have enough resources. I, God, I, I haven't been to Bible school. God, I, I don't know enough. I've just been born again, God. How can this be? And God says, listen, my Holy Spirit will do it. My Holy Spirit's going to come. He's, he's going to arrive upon the scene. He's going to descend into the situation. He's going to overtake, and He's going to operate. Boy, I like that. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that even God gives you His Word, God already has the plan of how that Word is going to operate in your life. Now, we join our faith. We cooperate. We say, yes, Lord. But I want to tell you, the power of that word operating is already contained within that word. Then he says, the power of the Most High, the power of the Highest, will overshadow you. This actually means he's going to perform a creative work in your life. How many times that we get a word and we, go, we look at our life and we go, it's a great word, pitiful life. You know, it's never going to work. It doesn't match. It doesn't, it doesn't fit, whatever. But God's told Mary, He says, Mary, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. He's going to perform a creative work in you. He's going to do something that wasn't there before. That's what God's Word does. That's why when we, when we say, I am going to be a womb for God's Word, I'm going to nourish this thing, I'm going to cooperate. I'm going to believe. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to, uh, to operate in my life. I'm going to allow God, His power, to create something within me that wasn't there before. And I'll tell you, when you do that, get ready. This birthing is getting ready to happen. Fulfillment is getting ready to happen in your life. It never fails. It never fails. David cries out in Psalm 51, when he realizes that his heart was corrupt, evil. And he says, create within me. Same word. Create within me, Lord, a clean heart. David's crying out saying, God, there is something that I can't do. I can't fix myself. I can't change myself, God. I, I have done something so evil, so heinous, Lord, that I never thought I would ever do. But I did. And I sin before you, God. My heart is black and it's corrupt. God, you have to create. The power of the Most High has to come and overshadow me and create something that was, there, that was not there, but it will be there. And that's exactly what God did in David's life. That's exactly God, what God does in all of our lives. 
when we say, Lord, thank you for this word, Father. God, I choose. I don't know how you're going to perform this. I don't know how you're going to complete this, God. But God, I receive it. Father, I believe it, Lord God, and I thank you that you're creating something inside of me. This word is creating something inside of me, Lord, that I'm going to see the fulfillment of this thing in my life. What is it in your life today, right now, that you need to see the fulfillment of God in? What is it right now that's facing you in your life that you need to get a hold of the word of God and you need to grab hold of it and pull it down into your innermost being And you saying, God, this word is going to create something within me that wasn't there before. Don't you believe how powerful it can be if we can get a hold of this as we go into this season of seeking the Lord and He begins to speak His words to us, begins to speak His vision, His promises to us, His future to us. And we begin to grab this and instead of rejecting it, saying it's too big, it's too much, can't do it, tried it already, I failed, don't want to fail again. That we take it and we say, Lord, I receive it. Lord, I am highly favored and I am highly blessed by you, Lord Father. And this word is going to operate in my life because the Holy Spirit causes it to operate in my life. And God is going to create something inside of me that has never been there before. And I'm going to operate in life in a way that I have never operated before. And I'm going to do things in life that I have never done before. And it's going to become a sign and a wonder in, in this place. And it's going, to, it's, it's going to be beyond what I have ever experienced before. How many of us want that? Amen, both of us. Okay, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your impossibility? Ah, glory to God. Can I have about three more minutes? Thank you. I can always get it from <laughs> Seth. I can always get it from you, but I love what the angel says here. After he talks about how the Word of God is going to be created, he gives him a testimony. Gives Mary a testimony. I love this. So now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son. Tells her, your relative, Elizabeth, you know, old lady, she's pregnant, impossible. Word of God came, created something that wasn't there before. God's going to do it within you too, Mary. God's going to do the impossible. It's amazing. That's when we receive these words of words from the Lord, this testimony from Jamie this morning. Man, that should give give us courage to go, man, I ain't going to step out with my family. I'm not going to allow their unbelief to put fear within my life. I'm going to step out and I'm going to look I'm going to look like a crazy person. A person from another world in their midst. Jesus was from another world. Maybe we should be too. I love it. The angel in verse 36 talks about, gives this testimony, the testimony of the working of God's Word. Because he's getting ready to tell her, because with God, nothing is impossible. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. If you break this thing down, it's so beautiful. It is so amazing. When you break this verse down, 
The word for means because. The word thing means rhema, means word. It's like the angel is saying this. He's saying, because Mary with God, no word, no rhema that he speaks will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. And then Mary comes to that place and she just says, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, in verse 38, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary comes to the place of saying, I believe. I believe. I receive and I believe. May it come into existence. May it come to pass. May it come with power. Mary had to believe, not just in the hearing of the Word, but it's in, in its ability to become. When we receive the Word of God, it's not just believing, okay, i got a good Word from God. i got a Word. But we, we've got to believe in the ability that that Word carries to become. Got to believe that. Mary believes. This is, a, this is an amazing passage. Amazing pattern for us to walk and become a living womb for the Word of God. I want to encourage you to go to read over this. Go back over this. Look at this. It says here, I think it's, it's important why it says, it says, and the angel departed from her. Why was that important? Why was that important to add that into the text? You know, that the angel departed from her. I, I believe it. This is what I believe. That the Word of God remains with you whether you feel or sense the presence of God. Mary was not alone. When God sows the Word of God, He sows that incorruptible seed in our life. Whether you feel anything or not, whether you see anything or not, it's there and it's real. One more verse in verse 45. Mary goes and visits Elizabeth. We know the story. She walks into the house and she she greets her and the baby, John the Baptist, leaps in Elizabeth's womb, hearing of the, the voice of Mary. And and this is what this is what Elizabeth says in verse forty five. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from her from the Lord. There are words within you right now. And you're still wondering, where is the fulfillment of that word? Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. God's word always has a fulfillment of it. Always has a fulfillment. The fulfillment is the testimony. Like I said before, I believe the power of the testimony is needed in this earth today. What this generation wants is not what you think you know or what someone has told you. But what they want is the reality and the testimony of the truth of God's Word. What is God going to do? What is He going to do over the next several weeks? What is He going to do over the next month, next two months? Well, I believe that's up to us in many ways, whether we're going to carry that Word of God within a womb or within a tomb. 
I don't know about you, but man, I want to, there's so much I want from God, so much I want to walk in, so much that I am, I'm not there yet, so much I want to see happening in your lives and in the city of Richmond. Man, I, I want to seek God with all my heart. Let's all stand up, okay?